0: All right, we'll take your Bible tonight and go to 1 John and chapter number 5. 1 John and chapter 5, the individual that was going to sing before is not well, and so we're just going to get right to it. I'm not going to take her place. So (laughs) anyways, I want you to stay for the message. 1 John chapter 5, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 5. Our text is going to be two verses, uh, verse 14 and 15, but I would really like to do a little bit of a review um, because I think it'd be helpful for us, even just about eternal security, uh, such a great Bible doctrine and thank God we can know for sure that we're on our way to heaven. And so let's look at it now. First John chapter five and verse number five, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. Do you believe that? According to this verse, you have in him the ability to overcome the world and its influences. And so then mentioning Jesus, the son of God, John then explains more about the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse six, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. It is a spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear record, or bear witness rather, in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he hath not believed the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. What a verse. It just really puts it very, very clear, doesn't it? He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life, And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Like this, if you need a plane. (laughs) Don't don't think about starting some preachers in here. Don't think about your own personal private jet. (laughs) Man, I need a jet. (laughs) No, 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 we're talking about going to Papua New Guinea. Okay, like if you need a plane, then just ask. No big task for him to supply. Let me read it again, verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. And now, honestly, the context goes on into verse 16 and 17. And uh, it talks about some intercessory prayer. But I, I believe verse 5- 14 and 15 will be enough for us here tonight. To think about uh, the role that prayer plays in all of our lives. So here's the title. God's Answer and the Believer's Prayer. God's Answer and the Believer's Prayer. Submitting your prayer list. To the will of God. Submitting your prayer list to the will of God. I hope it'll be a great help to you tonight. Let's consider it together as you're seated. <clears throat> God's answer and the believer's prayer. Submitting your prayer list. You got a prayer list? Got a prayer list? Need a prayer list. Every believer needs a prayer list. Uh, submitting your prayer list to God's will submitting your prayer list to the will of God. Obviously, uh, prayer is very vital to our lives as believers. And there are certain uh, quotes I've I've used here before. I I just, there's a a good number of them. I'm only going to mention a few, but I love some of these quotes that challenge us in the area of prayer. And I believe along the way that we need challenge in the area of prayer. In fact, here we are getting ready to have the men's pr- late night men's prayer meeting. This is just timely that we should consider this text tonight, uh, gentlemen, because uh, we need to be men of prayer, right? And ladies need to be ladies of prayer. In fact, you know the ladies got together on Monday night and had the ladies lift, and so that's great, and they do a lot to encourage missionaries and pray for missionaries, and we're going to do a lot of that on Friday night. We're going to specifically pray for our missionaries and the specific needs that they have indicated to us that they have need of. Charles Spurgeon said this, prayer is the slender nerve that moves the muscles of omnipotence. Adrian Rogers said, a child of God never reaches higher than when he's on his knees. A child of God, I love that one. A child of God never reaches higher than when he's on his knees or when she's on her knees. Another uh, quote that uh, I don't know the source to, but it says this, there's much we can do after we have prayed, but nothing we can do until we have prayed. Much we can do after we have prayed. Nothing we can do until we have prayed. Oswald Chambers, another of my favorite quotes, is that prayer does not fit us for the greater work, but prayer is the greater work. Now, I, uh, I know we know that we assent to that. We say amen to that. But would you agree with this that sometimes we just skip prayer altogether, or we might do this? I've been guilty of this. I. I purpose, I, I pray over our church directory, which, by the way, we're going to do a new church directory, believe it or not. Some of you say, you jest. No, we don't jest. Yes, yeah, so it's going to happen by faith. We're praying, believing, right? Okay, so anyways, we'll get more details about that. But I, I um, have a, the older directory, and I pray over the directory. I, I take Uh, you know, basically uh, two pages and just pray over our church family and pray over the Heartland Directory as well. And, and uh, so I'm in the um, G's and H's today. So if that's kind of where your name falls and I prayed for you, if your name doesn't fall there, I didn't pray for you. So anyways, uh, (laughs) but just systematically praying. I, I believe that we need to pray, but I've been guilty of this. Maybe you could, you could identify that. And, and for me specifically, um, you know, when you get ready to preach, I try to spend some time with God in prayer and asking God to help me to, to be prepared. But I know what it takes to preach and how much study and the preparation. And so my temptation personally is this. I might pray a brief time and then get into the study because I've got a lot to do. But sometimes uh, I've realized I needed more time in prayer. And it's amazing to me that if you just take some extra time in prayer, how much better time goes Outside of prayer, because in our minds, we think I've got a very important work to do. I better pray real quick and get on to it. But prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Because in my situation, I'm not just preparing a message. I need to let God prepare the messenger. (laughs) So in your case that would be the same too right in terms of parenting or school or it might help your grades at school if you pray and study we'll cop out on studying but prayer and study and And, uh, you know, our work as parents, how in the world can we be the kind of parents that we need to be without prayer, right? And are the kind of spouse that we're, that we ought to be or the kind of employee that we ought to be? I, I think we know this, but along the way, I'm just thankful to God that God just every now and then just kind of clears off a spot, and reminds you, Hey, listen, you need to spend some time in prayer, time in prayer. We can get busy. Oswald Chambers said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. And then I came across this today and it's, I mean, it's, um, It's a very simple statement, but a very helpful prayer. Warren Wiersbe, of course, I'm going to quote Warren Wiersbe, right? But uh, prayer is the God appointed means for a believer to receive what God wants to give him. I'm going to run that by you one more time. It's not a very complicated statement, but listen to it. And it really fits our text here tonight. Prayer is the God appointed means for a believer to receive what God wants to give him. Prayer is the God-appointed means for a believer to receive what God wants to give him or what God wants to give her. Prayer is the way that we receive that. So in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, he's dealing with the word confidence and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he heareth us whatsoever we ask, we have the petitions that we desire of him. I mean, that's, there's that confidence that is there. But how many times maybe do we pray And not even really believe that God is going to do that. But according to these verses, we can pray with confidence. And so we're going to get to that. And in fact, I've got a couple more quotes right here that I'd like to share with you right now. And and, and a few more even later on. If you just bear with me, I think it will be a great help. It at least was a blessing and a help to my life. And I'm still kind of processing a lot of it. But uh, John Stott said this. Prayer is not a convenient device for imposing our will upon God or bending his will to ours. But the prescribed or God appointed way, the prescribed way of subordinating our will to his. Prayer is the, is the way that we submit basically, subordinate, submit our will To his. Somebody said this, prayer changes many things, mainly you. Prayer changes many things, mainly you. We understand that the role that the word of God has, but prayer also has a role in changing our hearts and our lives. So he says that prayer is God's way of us submitting our will to God's will. It is by prayer that we seek God's will, embrace God's will, and align ourselves with God's will. So if we're not praying, then we're not aligning ourselves with God's will. Is that safe to say? Every true prayer is a variation of the theme, thy will be done. Every prayer. Think about that just a moment. Every prayer that we pray is a variation of the theme, "Thy will be done." Okay. Now watch this. We're getting ready on a Sunday morning in Matthew chapter 26. We're coming to the Garden of Gethsemane, and we're going I'm calling it right now the uh, the um, the olive press. And learned a little bit about the olive press while we were in in Israel. The olive press. It's a very interesting study. But Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, "Not thy will, but not my will, but thine be done." So we're getting a double dose of it tonight. Tonight and Sunday. Evidently, God wants us to think about this that it's not our will be done, but your will be done. And prayer is the God ordained way by which we submit our will to God. East Stanley Jones. East Stanley Jones, if I remember right, is a missionary, was a missionary. In uh, India, and he prayed, he said this about prayer. Prayer is surrender. You still use this quote, Brother Andrew? Good. Uh, PSA, I used to teach personal spiritual development. Prayer prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook uh, from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me Or do I pull myself to the shore? If I throw out a boat hook, now not many of us have done that, but you throw out a boat hook and it's like a grappling hook perhaps and it's going to grab there and you pull. Are you pulling land to you? No, you're pulling yourself to the land. So it is with with prayer. It's this, that, that as I pray, I pray for God's will and as I pull in prayer, I'm not pulling God to my will, I'm pulling me to God's will. Now, I don't know much about a boat hook, but I, knew, I do know about my dad saying, hey, get up there on the front of that boat. As we had a pontoon and he said, all right, now get ready. And he'd get close to land and I'd jump out with the rope. He said, all right, now hang tight. And, and then he'd also kind of work us in a little bit, but I did not pull that boat there. You know, I didn't pull the shore to the boat. I pulled the boat to the shore. You fo- to, the, to the shore, you follow what I'm saying? Same thing. I don't pull God's will to my will. I pull my will to God's will. So, John is making the case here that listen, as believers and as you pray, and I would, I would imagine that there's a lot of prayer requests in this auditorium here tonight. You're praying about God's will, you're praying about um, graduating and what you're supposed to do, you're praying about what to do in a a financial crisis. You're praying about a health situation. You need God's leadership in that. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that maybe you need answered prayer. Well, according to these verses, we can be confident that God will answer prayer. But there's a big condition to that. Okay, so we're gonna look at that as we get into it. And you probably already got it figured out, so I don't have to be too mysterious in this at all. But basically it's this, if we're gonna see God answer prayer, the child of God has got to pray in the will of God. If you're going to see God answer that prayer, then the child of God, that'd be you. We're going to deal with the child of God aspect of this here in just a second. The child of God has got to pray in the will of God. okay. And if the child of God is praying in the will of God, then the child of God sees God answer prayer. okay. So first of all, the child of God aspect of this. This would be us knowing that you're saved. And and so the whole context of this is is knowing. And so verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may what? No, that you might know, you can know that you're, you're saved, that you're born again. And the results of believing God's record, did you see how many times that John mentioned the record, the record, the witness, that's the same word in Greek. It's, he's saying, this is the record. This is who, this is who God explains that Jesus is. This is who the Father explains, the Holy Spirit explains, Jesus himself, what Jesus said about his ministry and about who he was as the Messiah. But what's going on here in the book of John, in in the epistle rather of John, is that there were individuals that were departing uh, from the churches there of Asia Minor. And and John says they went out from us because they never were really of us. They didn't really believe uh, Jesus for who he was. And so the question was not whether or not that there is such a thing as eternal life. The big issue is this, who has it? Who's got eternal life? And John makes it very, very plain and clear that he that has the son, and you got to qualify that. What are you talking about when you say the son? I'm not talking about just a mere mortal man. No, this is God in the flesh who came, who was God prior to his baptism, God at his baptism, God during his three years of ministry on the earth, and God on the cross, God in the grave, God resurrected from the tomb. That's who we're talking about here, and that's who John's talking about. Now, they were talking about some, some uh, false idea about Jesus who only became the Messiah at his, his baptism, some would say that, and then ceased to be the Messiah at his crucifixion. And John says, that's not Bible faith. And thus, that's not true biblical salvation because you have to accept Jesus for who he is if you are going to be saved. And so he that hath the Son of God hath life and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm just saying to you tonight before we move on this, that you better make sure that your faith is anchored to the right source. You better make sure, dear friend, that your faith is anchored to the right source. I've Seen a lot of people roofing here recently, haven't you? And uh, having a roof put on and ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. Did you hear that? I heard that all day yesterday around the house. Somebody getting a new roof on and laying that down and, and nailing it in. Well, I heard about a, a man that was working on a pretty steep pitched roof and just maybe doing some repairs at his house. And and so he he was feeling a little bit concerned about it. So he asked his son, hey, would you, I'm gonna go on the other side of the roof. Would you tie this safety line to this tree down here so his son instead of tying it to the tree tied it to the back bumper of the car and his wife didn't know about it and pulled off (laughs) I'm just saying to you tonight you got to make sure your faith is tied to the right source (laughs) amen all right now some of you are not going to get past that illustration here tonight. I can see but hey is your faith anchored to the son of God Jesus for who he really is. John is saying here, listen, if you've received him, you've received eternal life. Eternal life. Somebody says, well, I don't know that you can be that certain. God said you could. I'd I'd rather go by God's record than what a person thinks. Somebody says, well, it's kind of presumptuous to to say, you know, for sure. Actually, it's presumptuous to say you can't know for sure since God said you can. How's that? Got it? So the reliability of God's word causes us to be certain about the matter of salvation. Nothing, I want to underscore this before we move on here tonight, nothing can change the fact of genuine salvation. Nothing can change the fact of genuine salvation. Your salvation is never based on your performance. You can't undo what God did. If he saved you, you need to make sure that you're saved. But if he saved you, friend, listen, you can't undo. That doesn't give you license to do whatever you want to do. But you can't undo what God did. Once you are born again, you can't be unborn. A denial of the eternal security that God gives us is an indictment against God himself. If the Word of God says this, and it does, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, are you ready to say that God ran out of power and He can't keep you saved? (laughs) Jesus said that whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. In other words, the salvation that He provides is sufficient. Are you prepared to say that His salvation is not sufficient? I'm just trying to reason with you. I don't think anybody is holding to that, but just in case, and maybe to fortify where we are on eternal security, listen, we are on solid biblical grounds. Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Uh, in, In talking about the salvation, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Are you ready to say that somebody is stronger than God? That's the implication of this. How about this one more and then we'll move on. Being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to say that God has walked out on the job? I know a lot of people that walk out on jobs, but God doesn't walk out on the job that he's doing in you. Security, certainty. So then we move on to verses uh, 14 and 15 and one result, one result of having eternal security is the assurance that no, to know that God hears and answers prayer. If God is taking care of your eternity, doesn't it stand to reason that he could take care of you today? So he says, and this is the confidence. Look at it again in verse number 14. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if, any, that if we ask anything according to his will, now that we're gonna deal with that quite extensively, but if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. He heareth us. A man by the last name of Benson said this, the father not only observes and takes notice of our petitions, but favorably regards them, is glad to answer them, he favorably regards them and will assuredly grant them if he sees, as far as he sees, listen, that it will be be for our present and eternal good to have them granted. In other words, he's saying this, if God sees that having that prayer request granted in your life is best for you, he'll answer that. But sometimes we don't know what's best for us. I'm thankful tonight that God knows what is best for us. George Mueller said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold on God's willingness. Amen. Not overcoming God's reluctance. Sometimes I think we get that idea about God that somehow, somehow we have to convince God to be willing to answer our prayer. No, it's, it's not that way. We're not overcoming God's reluctance. We're laying hold on God's willingness. Amen. Obviously, there are many Hindrances to prayer. The Word of God says that if we regard iniquity in our hearts, then God will not hear us. And it's hypocritical to pray and ask God for many things and yet not live for God. That's treating him as though he's a genie in a bottle that you just go to whenever you need something. That's not how God is to be treated. A strife within marriage, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse number 7, that uh, as husbands were to dwell with their wives according to knowledge and, and being heirs together of the grace of life, Lest your prayers be hindered, the word of God says. So it can be marriage conflict that is, um, is hindering answered prayer. It could be conflict between you and another believer, Matthew 5. And you don't have time to deal with all these or a failure to abide in Christ. But here John is saying, listen, the way that we see prayer answered is we need to make sure that our prayer request is in line with God's will, with God's will. He says, and this is the confidence, that means that this is the courage, this is the boldness, this is the assurance that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. What a great word, that word confidence. Most often you're going to find it in your New Testament in this way. In fact, it's used 31 times in the New Testament as boldness or confidence, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him, Ephesians 3. How about this one? Many of you know this verse in in Hebrews chapter four. Let us come, what? Boldly. There's the same word. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 10 and verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Jesus Christ. And actually, let's use three other times right here in 1 John. 1 John uh, 2, 28, boldness and, and confidence before him, even at his appearing. So we've already seen this word confidence in, uh, in John's letter. He says, this is the confidence or the boldness or the assurance that we have in him that if we ask, That if we ask, well, let me pause right there to say this. You're not going to see answered prayer if you don't ask, ask. In fact, I don't know that our problem is as much that we're not praying according to the will of God as much as it is this. We're just not praying. Hello? Say I, maybe I'm not seeing prayer's answer because I'm not praying according to the will of God. Maybe you're not seeing prayer's answer because you're not praying. I want to ask you tonight: Do you have a prayer life? Do you pray? Do you? I realize every one of us uh, we have none of us have reached a place where I'm satisfied with my prayer life. Anybody here like that? No, you can go home early if you need to, if that's you. But that, I don't think there's going to be anybody here that, yeah, I, I'm right where I need to be where it comes to prayer. No, I, I think we all have seasons where we are giving ourselves a prayer and then times when maybe we neglect prayer. And I pray, if anything, that God would use this to challenge everyone here tonight, young and old alike, you need to have a prayer life. Now, just to check off a box, please understand, it's not that. It's that you need a relationship with God because, listen, there's a lot of things in life that you and I, obviously, that we can't handle on ourselves. Yeah. And so you need to pray. You need to be asking God to do great things. And so I believe that God can do great things if we'll just ask. Ask. This is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. He heareth us. Ask. Oh my soul, 70, 70 sometimes. I'm forgetting the exact number right now. Yeah, just the verb alone has to do with asking. 71 times. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Whatsoever things ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall have them, Matthew 21. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. In that day ye shall, shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. The Father himself, Jesus goes on, the Father himself loveth you. He loves to hear prayers. He loves to answer his prayer ask. If any of you that lack wisdom, let him ask of God. You say, I don't know what to do in this trial. Ask of God. Ask of God. Now, I I know that we could preach about praying with importunity or just consistency, continuing to ask and pray. But, but here we're really focused on what John is saying. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven, but rather it's getting God's will done on earth. Not my will, but thine be done, dear God. Are you praying that way? Are you praying, number one? Everybody listening to me here tonight? Are you praying? Do you, young people, do you you pray? Have you prayed? When's the last time that you spent some time in prayer? You can be in Bible college and not praying. You can be in the ministry and not praying. You can be on the mission field and not praying. We've gotten so successful in the Christian life, we can make it work without prayer in our minds. John is saying here, listen, you need to ask. and You need to pray and you need to pray with confidence. And you can pray with confidence if you pray according to his will. Albert Barnes said this This is so good listen to it very carefully this is the proper and necessary limitation in all prayer well it's got to be according to God's will what do you think is going to answer prayer that's not his will (laughs) yeah I mean really something about that do you think that God is going to answer prayer that is not his will I mean would it be in your best interest by the way if he did He says, uh, God has not promised to grant anything that would be contrary to his will, and it could not be right that he would do it. We ought not to wish to receive anything that should be contrary uh, to what he knows is best for us. No, man could hope for good. No man, I'm sorry, no, I said that wrong. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, you're not gonna say it exactly right, okay? No man, no man could hope for good Who should esteem his own wishes better than God's will for his life? I can't expect that my ideas about my life, and you shouldn't expect that your ideas about your life and what you ought to do, you shouldn't expect that that would be better than what God's will is for your life. You say, yeah, but if I submit to God, then he might call me to ministry. He might call me to do something I don't want to do. Well, I'm, I'm telling you tonight, there'll be no greater fulfillment than in doing what God has called you to do wherever it is that God has called you. As many have said, don't fear God's will, but fear missing God's will. I mean, when we were making the decision, I, I, you talk about spending some time in prayer. I mean, just really seeking God and fasting about whether we should move here. And, and, uh, as we were there in, in, uh, Missouri and just praying about it and, I remember getting right down to it. By this point, we'd taken about two and a half months to pray. Because I just wanted to make sure this was God's hand in on it, not my hand or anybody else's hand on it. And I remember uh, sitting in the parking lot at Meadowview Baptist Church, listening to a radio preacher, and he said, either right now you can do what you know to be God's will or spend the rest of your life wondering what God could have done. You know, God has a way of making it clear. God doesn't have any trouble communicating. We have a hard time obeying. God knows what's best for us, God sees the whole big picture and knows how to work those things out. And obviously, there are certain things that are not His will. Lord, would you help me win the lottery? That is not God's will. Lord, I know I haven't tithed or given in years, but would you please supply that I might have a new Corvette? Lord, would you help me make the right picks on my fantasy football team? Show me who's going to have the most yards and touchdowns. Come on now. Can't put that in God's will. Lord, please make me six foot three. It cause my hair to call, come back again. <laughs> Dark. No, that's not God's will. I mean, it, there's some things that is just ludicrous. But here is what is clearly in God's word. What is God's will? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. If you come to God and you say, God, I've sinned and I've done wrong, would you forgive me? Hey, listen, it is God's will to forgive you. Now, obviously, a person's got to be sincere and, and not just you know, going through some kind of a ritual. No, 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 no. But if a person generally comes before God and says, God, I've, I've greatly sinned against you, would you forgive me? It is his will to forgive you. It is God's will to give you grace in a time of need. It is God's will to give you wisdom in a trial. If any man like wisdom, let him ask of God. And the context of that is a trial. It is God's will. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. It would be God's will for you to pray, God, would you help me to resist sexual temptation? And God will do that. It would be God's will to. I'm on safe biblical grounds right here to say as much. God, this is your will that I would be pure. God, would you help me to be pure? I'm telling you, if you mean that sincerely and you do, and you've got a part in this as well, it may mean getting a dumb phone, one that has no internet access, or get rid of your phone altogether. You keep praying, God, would you please deliver me from, from sexual temptation, and yet you're going all over the place on the internet. Then you're you're working against God right there. God, it is His will to provide for those that have been faithful in giving. Philippians chapter four and verse number nineteen. He can supply all our need according to His riches and glory. God is it is His will to His His will rather to give you boldness in preaching the gospel, and and it is God's will to save the lost. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You're on firm biblical ground to pray, God, would you save my aunt, save my uncle, would you help them to understand the gospel? It is God's will that they would be saved. Hey, you don't need to listen to the Calvinists that tell you that I don't know if God is His will to save that person or not. No, listen, you can just read the Word of God and see that He would have all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's God's will. Now, I realize that that person has got to respond to God. God's not just going to zap somebody. But can't God put somebody in their path to speak to them and share the gospel with them in the way that they can understand it? God moves and in response even to our prayer, I'm not not equipped tonight to explain or to even understand all of what that means. But I know in his word, he tells us, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call unto me, pray, seek my face. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, verse 15, and if we know that he heareth us whatsoever we ask, whatsoever we ask, hey, wait a minute, is there any limitation to what God would want you to ask him for? Well, obviously there are some things that are out of his will. That's, that's what verse 14 is all about. But if you already took care of verse number 14, you can enjoy verse number 15. If I'm praying in his will, and there's times, I mean, let's just be honest tonight. There's going to be times when you don't know what God's will is. And I think that's what this verse is teaching us. There's going to be times when we come before God and we say, God, I don't know what your will is about this, but I'm seeking you. And I want to know, and I know that you can show me. and I just want to trust you that you will. Then listen, God can guide you and lead you. And that. that's throwing out the boat hook and pulling. And you're not pulling God to your will, but you're pulling yourself to God's will. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired or asked of him. John is saying here that you can be confident in seeing God answer prayer if you pray in God's will. And thus, the child of God must pray. So if you're gonna see God answer prayer, number one, you must pray, but then number two, you must pray in God's will. All right, so what does that look like? Well, submit your prayer list. Take, I, got, I got a prayer list right here. I, I, think, about the word, I think about Hezekiah and how the, when Hezekiah was attacked and, by and, and it didn't look good for them that he took it and he spread that letter out before the Lord, basically it became his prayer list and saying, God, you see what they're saying, you see what they're doing. It be, he just spread it out before the Lord. Maybe you got a prayer list tonight the things that are on your heart, that you don't know what God's will is, but you're willing to submit. I think this is what God wants us to do from this. He wants you to submit your will to His will. Young people, would would you do that? Submit your will, your will for your life, whatever it is that you want to do, would you be willing to submit that to God's will? That's not just for young people. But wouldn't it be good if these young people started out saying, God, whatever you want in my life. If you want me to be a police officer, if you want me to be a doctor, if you want me to be a preacher, I believe God calls in all those areas. God, I want my will to be your will. I want to submit my prayer list to your will. Lord, so I, I just, I jotted down here. I'll, I'll be honest with you. What, you remember that directory? I went through a few extra pages today, and I just thought about people that I know right here in this church and what you're praying about. And this list is kind of a list of, um, well, it's a list of 20 nearly, 19 specifically, prayer requests that I know that are in this church family. And it's interesting, as I went through uh, the pages of our church family, a lot of those are just overlapping. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. And yet, when you boil down to it, all of us are going through a lot of the same exact things. God, would you help in a relationship? Uh, Somebody's praying it this way. I'm not going to name any names here tonight. Don't get nervous. Somebody's praying this. God, would you give me a relationship? I want to be married. Step one is having a person. (laughs) This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, is it his will for you to do that? I mean, that's between you and God, but do you see how this works? God, if it is your will, how how do you think God would respond to that? God, if it is your will, would you bring the right person in my life? Oh man. Hey, hey, hey. You, You come that way. Now, if you come this way, God, I expect that by the end of this month, But if you come saying, dear God, I, I have no idea how this is going to work out. Or maybe you're in a relationship and you say, Lord, I, I, just, I want this to be submitted to you. And would you guide me and lead us? Would you help make this clear? Boy, I remember those years. Don't you, some of you remember those years? As you're seeking the Lord about that. And, and um, even though I've known Angie since the second grade, there were still some confusing times. And we didn't get engaged in second grade. us third or fourth, somewhere right in there. But anyways, no, it wasn't anything like that. But I remember being in some confusing times. God, would you just show me? Because I don't want to assume anything. I want your leadership in this. And you submit it to God. Submit it to God. Just submit it to him. And say, God, I, I don't want my will to be done. I want your will to be done. And I sure hope that it is. <laughs> Amen. praying for a job, Lord, I need, a, I need work, or Lord, I'm praying about a job change. God can guide you there, can't he? I'm going to have to just kind of go through the list a little bit more swiftly, but some of you are praying for your children, praying for your grandchildren. Lord, would you intervene in their life? Would you help them? And It is God's will that they would walk with God. So you're on solid ground. Now, I, I realize God's not going to override their will. They've got to respond. But you, can, you should pray. We should pray. God, would you help? Would you guide? Would you speak to their hearts? Some of you have a, a, a child or a grandchild or, or maybe a dad or a mom that you're praying for or a brother or sister that you're praying that God would really get a hold of their heart. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth, we have the petitions that we ask of Him, that we desire of Him. If it is God's will, now, we can just claim that. And, and that's not a name it, claim it kind of mentality. Please don't misunderstand that. But I'm just simply saying, God, I know this is Your will that my son, my daughter, my brother, my mother, my dad, my mom, etc. Et cetera, et cetera. I know it is your will that you would, they would walk with you. Would you help them to do that? You can pray confidently there. God, would you lead me to the right college? God, you led me to the right college, would you help me stay in? God, would you help me not get kicked out? <laughs> Stuff like that. Okay, it is God's will for you to stay in school. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Lord, would you provide my bills? God, would you help me in future plans? Lord, would you give me wisdom in this health situation? I don't know what to do about it. Or or in the health situation, a lot of the... A lot of it today as I looked over our church family was a lot of you praying for other, other family members. Lord, would you help us in the purchase of a house or the purchase of a vehicle or God, would you supply that need? Lord, would you, and we got people that are visiting uh, Southwest Baptist Church and you're not a member here, but you're praying about it. I believe God can lead you and God can answer that prayer request and he can help you to know where you ought to be. God, would you help us in our retirement plans? Lord, would you help us with our aging parents? A lot of people here in our church family praying for their aging parents. That's a, that's a big burden, isn't it? Or would you give us wisdom about what to do and how to go about it? Um, God, would you help us as far as a possible move? Lord, would you help us in taking somebody into your home by, either by adoption or somebody that's in need? Some praying about a pastoral position, some praying about a call to mission, some praying about a financial mess that, that even they got themselves into and they need God to lead them out of. And God, would you help and show me how to respond to a blessing. Some have had a blessing that have come, has come just recently, whether financial or some other way. You know, sometimes it's not the trials of life that can get you off course, it's the blessings of life that can get you off course. Lord, would you help me think right about this? And Lord, would you help? I know some that that their home church back where they're from is praying for a pastor and needing leadership there. And some in our church are praying for victory over sin that's dominating their life. Well, listen, it is God's will that you get the victory over that sin. And how to handle a tense situation. The child of God must pray and pray in the will of God to see God answer prayer. But this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we do that, he hears us. And the idea is there that he answers it. And verse 15 again, I'll read that and we're done. And we know that he hears us. and whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have of him, that we ask him. In other words, <laughs> he's saying we have it, even though we don't have it. He's saying that, that, you know, if you know this to be the will of God, then you, you can just trust he's gonna work this out in your life even before he does. And then if he doesn't, then you just keep trusting him. God, I I thought it was going to be this way, but you led this way. And you just find contentment in the will of God. Thank God he's a God who hears and answers prayer. Father, thank you. Pray that you'd help us to submit our prayer list to you in in the will of God. That each of these areas and categories that we've considered here tonight and more, that we would just line up with your will, Lord. We would confess collectively. I believe that there's so many times we don't know what is your will, and we are praying and asking you to guide us and to have your will in your way, Lord. Um, just pray that you'd make your will very clear. But, but Lord, also, even just that we could come to you with confidence and pray and know when we're in your will based on what your word has revealed and know we're on solid ground to make this request and then leave it at your throne as to what you do. So thank you for the reminder tonight and the challenge in Jesus' name. Amen.